Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Atlantic Cell Podcast. The Atlantic Center for Independent Living is, of course, the Center for Independent Living in Atlantic County, New Jersey. I'm the Executive Director, Donald Campbell. And today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to interview one of the center's staff members, Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi. And it's saying hi to all the people who listen. And Anna, you've been with us. How long? When did you start working here? I believe middle of January this year, so almost a year. Almost a year. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Well, we're very happy to have you. So let's talk about what do you do at the cell? What is your role? So I am a transition specialist. I am the bilingual staff member. I speak Spanish. And um, we... One of the many things that we help is uh, we help students transition from school to the workforce or from one school to a different school, maybe college. We also help college students acquire life skills that will help them excel doing college. Yes. So, yep. And that's great. We also help transition. Transition is one of the five core services of any Center for Independent Living. We also help people get resources to transition if they live in a nursing home or a more isolated setting in the community and they want to live somewhere else. Or if they are without our services, they would be homeless or go to uh, back to prison. So we that's the type of transition services we help with yep. that any, any center will help you with across the country. So Anna, you were talking about kind of the life skills we do in colleges. I know we've done some work at Atlantic Cape Community College. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So one of the first things I did when I started working here was reach out to different schools and including our local colleges and universities. And Atlantic Cape Community College is one of those that partnered with us. So last semester and already started this semester. We have a few life skills that we are presenting and workshops to their students. Among many other ones, we are doing social skills, stress relief, recognizing misinformation. There's quite a few um, yes. life skills that we're working with them. Yep, yep. And you do them both in English and Spanish. If They're available to both. Yes. If, if they're requested. And the other thing you're doing at the cell, because you've already grown in popularity, Anna, is you're also doing the public health grant that we have. We got a grant from the state to help promote public health and wellness in the, uh, for individuals with disabilities, uh, really relating to COVID and the pandemic. So talk a little bit about that and the workshops you've done for under that grant. So the public health workforce grant started back in May. And since it started, the first thing we did was uh, start promoting in social media and kind of using social media to give everybody who follows us tips and ideas on how they improve their life skills. And this public health workforce grant includes several life skills workshops that are available to people who have been affected because of COVID-19. We did notice that COVID-19 affected some individuals more than others. And those are the communities that we want to reach out to. We we have several um, workshops available. Yeah, and the topics include a lot of health and wellness stuff, correct? Yes. Like stress management, healthy eating, stuff like that. Yep, emergency preparedness. 
Yep. All good, all good stuff that COVID has really taught people with disabilities that it's really important to be prepared and to live as healthy as possible and mm -hmm. to control what we can control because, you know, this pandemic has shown that really anything could happen and we want to be able to be okay when these things happen and do the best we can. So that's the idea behind the grants. And these are also available in English and Spanish. And you've done the workshops at different places. Tell us a little bit about the where you've done the workshops just so people get an idea. So we have gone to uh, different locations in Atlantic City. We have gone to the Mud Girls location. We have gone to Oceanside 2 in Atlantic City. And in Galloway, we went to the Galloway Senior Center. And in Pleasantville, we went to the St. Peter's Village located in Pleasantville. Yep, that's awesome. And those are all great organizations that we're so lucky, lucky to have worked with. And now I know I always like to talk about like how people get to the center and how how you ended up here. I mean, I know, but the <laughs> audience doesn't know. How did you end up uh, working in the cell? Kind of give us a brief, give us your origin story. Like, you know, it's like Spider-Man, the first comic. <laughs> so um, how we got here. I believe starting back in November, I was looking for a part-time job and nothing was clicking. And then a friend of mine suggested that I apply here. And I was very motivated to be hired. And I, I'm very glad that I was hired. I really loved it here. Yes. And you have a lot of experience assisting people with disabilities. Yep. And we always laugh because during the interview, <laughs> you told me you didn't. And then we got the job. I have no relation with absolutely anybody with disabilities. And, we, you know, as we got there, we discovered that you you help I a lot. I actually do. <laughs> you, a lot of your loved ones have a disability. So to the extent you feel comfortable you want to talk about that, but I, I just think it's an interesting point because I think sometimes people, you know, don't realize how much interaction they have with people with disabilities. Yeah. Even if, if they don't have one. Any Anything from family members, friends, their children, and yes. you don't realize because maybe you grew up with family member and you don't think about it. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Reality. Yes. And that's why we always talk about why it's so important, like disability rights and disability yes. access and programs that support people with disabilities. Because even if you don't have a disability, uh, which you will if you live long enough, eventually, you know, eventually. you probably have a loved one that um, does and will require these, yeah. these services. So, And the disabilities could be physical, but they could also, you might not be able to see them um, yourself. Right. That's a great point, and, and it's a point that always we got to repeat over and over again, because just because you don't see a disability or they don't fit a stereotype doesn't mean a person right. doesn't have one. You know, there's chronic pain disabilities, yeah. mental health disabilities. There's, of course, physical disabilities, but there's um, more intellectual disabilities, and somebody could have a disability like a chronic pain disability. Some days they're okay, and some and days some they're, they're not. They're, they're not. So you could look at somebody... And say they don't have a disability. I saw them last week and they were fine. Well, that doesn't yep. mean that they're fine. And then today they the can't time. even move. Yes. Yeah. So it's just important to keep that in mind and to really, we should really expand our definition of disability. What do you like about this job? What have you enjoyed the most? Um, it's a sense of 
helping people and not only helping people, but how appreciative everybody is when maybe all you did was give them a phone number that they've been looking for for days and now you just gave them that little bit of information, but they're so grateful to that help that comes their way. And to be able to do that, it's very fulfilling and and, and it, it just... It's a good thing to look forward to when you come to the office. Yes. And what have, have you, as you've been working with individuals with disabilities, what have, what have you seen as the biggest challenges? There sometimes... are many people with disabilities who have nobody who can help them fill out that form or make that phone call or even something as simple as advocating for themselves because maybe part of the disability is that they cannot express what they're trying to say. And we all know if you call Comcast, it might be an all day thing and they might need that person to assist them in advocating for themselves. Right. Uncle. That's a great point, Anna. There's a lot of, you know, and that's really what we do at the cell. We become people's support system mm-hmm. for a lot of things because, and I think you gave a great example with calling Comcast. Um, there's a whole lot that's of favorite. skills there's a whole lot of skills and navigation mm-hmm. you need to be able to do. I mean, I call Comcast. It's very frustrating. If you don't say the exact right thing to get to exactly where you need to go, you're not going to keep They're like, not there's going a whole, anywhere. It's like you got to get past and then talk to a live person is even like a, you got to like break the code to get into mm-hmm. a live human being. So these yeah. are the type of things that if you have a disability, yeah. well, you may have trouble with, you know, you know, some people with disabilities, they call their doctors and sometimes doctors are mm-hmm. are dismissive or because they're busy, they get a lot of things going on. So not everybody has a person that can really help them navigate the yep. system and we help them do that. And the good thing about us is the majority of people that work here have a disability. So we know kind of the tricks to advocate to get the things that we that we need. You talked about these forms for different programs. I mean, they're not easy. They're no. complicated. And right. if you don't fill them up exactly right, you know. Or if you fill out to... the wrong form with that was dated, oh, it's it's done. Redo yeah. start from square one. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I agree. One of the things you've also been able to bring you talked about it a little bit at the beginning is you know bilingual services and i think that's so important and you can talk about this there's a whole population out there that needs the help also but if you can't speak the language you can't really reach them so it's very important that yeah you know as a center to have to have you around because there are a lot of people who you know they're just living their lives and yeah they, they speak spanish kind of, and that's what they do yeah shugging along I would say. And I have found that a lot of times, just because they don't have somebody who can explain simple information to them, that they're not getting the help that they can have. And because they don't know how to fill out this form, so they don't know where to start. Or something as simple as I submitted it, but I, I got denied. What do I do now? Or they think you get denied and it's over and it's not. Right, right, right. They don't, again, it goes back to that navigation and it's doubly mm-hmm. hard if you don't speak the language because yeah. it's like, oh, I got denied, but maybe you don't understand there's an appeal process or you can mm-hmm. start again or, you know, so it's just really important. And like, it's like, it's also about 
you're making people feel comfortable. I mean, mm -hmm. when they see somebody else who can speak their language, it's like, okay, now I can express myself and don't have to worry Completely. about being yep. misunderstood or, you know, misrepresented. Because I've noticed that too, since you've been at the center, it's just easier for people, which I understand because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure if you just speak Spanish and you know this, it's like exhausting. You can like, I got to constantly explain myself to these to you a know, new person yeah. and then it's like oh forget it like i just i just won't get the service yeah you know or i won't or i won't i won't ask for what i need but like you said then you miss um you with, miss that opportunity or that assistance yeah 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 so if you know anybody out there and you're listening mm -hmm. to this who you know maybe they speak they either just speak spanish or they speak english but they're more comfortable in spanish because you know and mm -hmm. you taught me that too there's and I have some consumers that they do have somebody like a daughter or a son, but sometimes the daughter or the son are working because right. it's nine to five and they might be working. So I am available so they can call me or when they go to the doctors and they want to say something to the doctors and they don't have anybody who can translate for them, then I'm available. Yes. And that's a great, that's, I like, that's a great point too. And that also enhances that person's independence because in, instead of waiting for somebody to translate like it was me on the phone I would need somebody to translate but like you said maybe that loved one's at work right but now they can just talk to you so that's mm -hmm. a great a great point another thing you I mean you've helped with so much but a lot of things another thing you've helped with is you know at the center we help people with uh access link applications mm -hmm. so people call access link and then we help them with the applications and help them get do the application and maybe get approved for Access Link. And I know you enjoy that. Tell us a little bit about that process. And yeah, I love that. When when everybody signs up to apply for Access Link, they get scheduled an appointment to fill out the assessment. And one of those people who is in charge of calling a person and going through the assessment form and filling it out to the best of their abilities. And we are their advocate. We want to work with them and make sure that this assessment fully expresses exactly how they feel and how their disability is not allowing them to use the public system that's already in place all around New Jersey. We interview people from all over New Jersey, a lot of people from North Jersey and some people from South Jersey. We kind of get a sign. It seems very random to me. So um, I don't get to pick and choose who I interview. We get we get a schedule every week. Yeah, we, I am yeah, basically I know, their advocate I, for writing that assessment for them. Yeah, and I know you've enjoyed that because like you yes. said, you don't know who, who you're going to get and you meet all kinds of People and you get I have learned with. so much from everybody who I've interviewed. It's almost like I learn something new every day when I do a new interview. Yes. And uh, like you said, it's, it's you know, the challenge is because for those of you that don't know, so Access Link is the paratransit system in New Jersey. And to get approved for it, you first have to show that you can't use the standard New Jersey bus that they say is accessible and should be enough before you get so you mm -hmm. have to show that 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 you can't use that bus first and you do that by filling out an application and we don't work for access link but we assist with the applications because we're mm -hmm. a nonprofit that helps people with disabilities so they refer people to us 
So, and we'll get a call and someone will say, apply for access link and they will so ask some questions and she has to make sure that they're express, they're expressing their disability and connecting into not being their, able to travel. Not being able to travel using the other bus. So this is a good PSA too for somebody who signs up for access link but also doesn't get referred to us. Don't make sure you explain yourself. Don't just say, I don't like public transportation, so I want to use access link. And that's not good enough. You gotta say because mm-hmm. of my physical disability, um, it's hard for me to walk to the bus stop. And yeah. it's hard for me to um, maybe wait maybe for the bus. Wait for the bus, exactly. You gotta connect it because of my mental health disability. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, a lot of anxiety waiting for the bus and it's not safe for me to go to the bus because sometimes I'm not clear about mm-hmm. where I'm going and where where, where my destination is. So you got to really connect it. And then speaking, that brings me to another point. I know that when you're a person with a disability, a lot of this stuff can feel like getting these programs. It almost feels like a little bit of a game, but it is true. You got to understand what these services are asking and, mm-hmm. and give them the information that they that they need, of, of yeah. course, truthfully and honestly. But you want to make sure you're expressing it in a way. And that's not easy for everybody, like Anna was talking about. Yeah, it's Where not it's easy. clear for, for the person deciding whether you get services, that you need these services, that so they can justify it to whoever they need to justify it yeah. to. to and you'd be surprised how many, how many people will tell me that they have one disability. But as we go through the form, they say, oh, yeah, I really can't stand too long because I have X, Y, and C. And I'm like, oh. That's another disability. So let's add it to the list. And as long right. as we make sure that the doctor also corroborates everything that we put on right. that form, it will get them that that much closer to being right. approved. I, I remember hearing a story from when, oh, I'm, I only have a physical disability, but then I, I do have a heart condition yeah. that acts up. It's like, yeah, we should put that in too because yeah. we want to make the best case possible. Yeah. So, And then again, Thinking about disability more broadly, I think sometimes society has taught us to hide our mm-hmm. disability and to like to not um, talk about it. But you know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't you shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about it. And that's changing, I think, as society has evolved. Although you know, we take one step forward and two steps back, yeah. and it's a constant struggle. But you know. I think that you, yeah. need, you need to tell people, especially these agencies, your whole story. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and you know, not your whole story in the sense that you want to drone on and on, but you want to give them pr- the precise information they need. So yeah. if you're getting a question saying, how, how does your disability affect your ability to use transportation? You want to put all your disabilities and talk about how it mm-hmm. affects transportation. You and don't want to go, oh, I'll leave that one out. Yeah. Be as descriptive it. as possible. Right. And clear. You and know, clear. clear. Connected to what they're asking. Yes. This, you know, this, my knee that I've had knee surgery on hasn't been the same for 10 years. And now I can't walk to a bus stop. Like you want to mm-hmm. make that, make that clear. Yeah. Um. You know, we've talked about life skills. We've talked about public health. Talked about bilingual. Uh, what else? What else? I feel like you've done 
so much, Anna. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Um, I have done a, quite a few outreaches. Oh, and especially with that, public yes. health. We have done um, the Galloway National Night Out this summer. And just recently, we did the Caregivers Coalition in EHT. That's awesome. And have you enjoyed that? How's that been? We have met so many people and connected with quite a few companies. And yes. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I gotten our, our, our voice out there so that people can find us as well. Right, right. Because that um, that's a big key, too. And I would encourage people, if you can, to go to those. There are a bunch of outreaches all over the community. And when you see them, sometimes you think, oh, I don't know how that applies to me. But you never know what kind of resources you'll mm -hmm. find out there. So I would encourage people to go to those because I know we're always surprised. We always sometimes find something new. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, but yeah, you're all over. So people, if you see Anna, <laughs> say hi. Say hi. Tell you her on this podcast. <laughs> Funny story, everybody. I just told her today she's going to be on the podcast. So she was like, oh, I'm making my debut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Making my debut. So we are, <laughs> she's the first staff member. I promise there will be more staff members. I talk them into. They can meet all of us. Doing the, starting to trend. But um, <laughs> uh, Anna broke ground. She's breaking ground right now. Maybe she's first Linux so staff <laughs> member on the uh on the podcast so i'll give you a floor if you got anything else you want to say and then we'll wrap up um one more thing um i just want to emphasize that if you do know somebody with a disability and you do hear about us uh do not hesitate to mention that, that we are some uh, a company that's available because it you'll be surprised how many people say oh i didn't know you we're available to us. Yes, we are. Right, yeah. So if you found this podcast somehow, make sure you share it. Yes, that's a great point. And, it, you know, we serve Atlanta County. We can also connect you to the center in your area. So if you're like, oh, I like these centers, but I'm not in Atlanta County. Well, there's a center around your area because centers yeah. exist nationwide. And we have no problem connecting you to the yeah. center that you serve and if you know someone with a disability or you have a person or you have a disability yourself and your phone rings during your podcast uh you can you can um you can always call us or reach out um and our number is 609-748-2253 extension 5 and you could call me possibly during a podcast interview <laughs> as well and then I'll get back to you uh, when you leave a message. So I appreciate it. Thank you, Anna, for joining us. And thank this you. This is a great first half interview. You set the bar high. So we'll, thank we'll you. have to compare. Thank you for having yeah. me. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Bye.